0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Start a Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Start a Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And I got to tell you, friends, today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by FullScale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult, but FullScale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably. And they have the platform to help you manage that team. Visit FullScale.io to learn more. And friends, today we have I Simply Love Top startup episodes. They're one of my favorite things to record with Matt DeCourcy. We we do it about once a month. We explore another city and the startups that are available. And today we have with us a company and a founder that made the Top Connecticut startups list. We're going to be talking to Carolyn Driscoll, CEO and founder of Uncommon Good. Carolyn, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: All right, well let's let's just dive right in and I'm gonna ask you and interpret this however you will, but tell us about your journey.
1: Um, well let's see. Um from an entrepreneurial standpoint, you know, I'd say I've, I've always been pretty entrepreneurial. I was a Pilates instructor through college and then had my own Pilates studio in my twenties. And learned a lot about running a business, sort of all the different hats that you have to wear. Yeah. Uh, When I was in my 30s, though, I decided to take a hard left and uh, change career courses and ended up working in private investment. And working in that a lot quite of technology a stuff, yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> I, a pretty. I, I'd say level. so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, you go from not having any money to constantly talking about money. Was that how it went?
1: <laughs> you know, yes, a little bit, and it's sort of funny because you know I, I live in an area that is pretty focused on money. Um, yeah. You know, I, I live in an area that's you know. Pretty much like the hedge fund capital of of the country, I'd gotcha. say. Yeah, okay. so lots of finance people, so lots of opportunities to hear those conversations. But it was, you know, it was a definitely an interesting pivot. But I think it was it was beneficial, and it also, I think, my experience owning a small business and having sort of an outside perspective um, was really helpful in being able to sort of see things from a slightly different angle.
0: Yeah, well, I'd imagine so, and we we talk a lot about the fact that often having that outside perspective it gives you more clarity around things like solutions and creative ways to address situations, and so so that's really really cool. What did what commonalities did you find between the two? You know, what were the what were the transferable skills?
1: You know, I think being able to be resilient and also just sort of being able to like quickly problem solve and being able to not get too stuck in one solution, um, being open-minded with different opportunities. Uh, and, uh, you know, actually, although I'm going to backtrack, I will say probably the biggest value I got from having a Pilates studio was the interactions I had with customers, with my yeah. clients. And they were, you know, from a large variety of backgrounds, but being able to handle a lot of the situations that you have with them because they're oftentimes very demanding. Sure. Um, so being able to kind of diplomatically maneuver s- through certain situations was probably one of the things that helped me the most when I transitioned into, you know, a different career path. Um, and, you know, basically also going from a pretty, you know, female-oriented you know, client base to working with a lot of men, yeah, um, and just being able to sort of take a step back and understanding how you had to communicate differently to make sure that you're heard.
0: Yeah, well, it's really good that you you took the time to do that. Now, I know, you know, you and I have talked before, and. First things first, friends, I do just want to let you know that Carolyn, we have actually met in person, despite living in very different areas of the country, because you've been establishing a presence in Kansas City for Uncommon Good, your platform and company, and you came to an Innovate Her KC event, and it made me really happy. And And I loved it. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. Well, and I mean, we, we, so, so uncommon good came in as a sponsor, full disclosure. Uh, and we are very grateful, but we had such a blast. Um, it was actually our pride month monthly meetup. And so I think you, you actually, y'all came with the boas and the, the sunglasses (laughs) and all of the fun, like we, we had, they had a little photo booth. I was so impressed. Um, but so, so, I am familiar with Uncommon Good in several different ways, but our audience is not. So tell us about the Uncommon
1: Good story. So we started as a software platform primarily for nonprofits. Um, It was born out of a personal experience that I had working with a nonprofit, actually, that had a pretty big impact on my family. And I realized that, you know, small organizations... Like this one in particular, that just have such a deep impact on the community they serve, just don't have a lot of resources and don't have a lot of accessibility in terms of making things easier for them on a business and operational level. Right. You know, and they wear so many hats and they're not just serving their community, but they're also trying to run the business side of things. Yeah. And that can be challenging. Um, I, at that point, had had a fair amount of experience working with technology startups um, within the portfolio of investments that we, we had and understood the general process. And I will be very, very you know, realistic about that, of what it is to get technology stood up. Um, and realized that there's a lot you can do with it to kind of take over some of the, the day-to-day tasks that people really just don't have the bandwidth to do when you're operating with one or two people. Um, So kind of took a hard look at the industry. There was a lot of softwares out there that did a lot of fundraising capabilities or kind of, you know, wealth prospecting, all of these things. But they missed, I thought, a key component, which was you've got to be able to establish your story and you've got to be able to establish your brand. And you've got to be able to under, like, deal with your day-to-day kind of back office stuff. Yeah. Right? People aren't just going to like give you a donation for existing. Right. Uh, you know, so we, we decided to, to build all of it in one place so that you could basically just manage everything really simply, really cost affordably, not be jumping around, have it be user-friendly. And so when we did that, we ended up getting a lot of consultants and and people that were not within the nonprofit space being like, wow, I'm kind of you know I I have my own business and I don't have you know ten people working for me. I'd love to be able to use that too. Uh, So we you know decided to continue building out the platform, and we now offer it for freelancers, solopreneurs, small businesses, and nonprofits, obviously. Um, But it essentially just encompasses everything you would need to operate a business efficiently. Everything yeah. from your marketing, graphic design studio, the ability to post on your social channels, you can build a website, you can take your payments and send out proposals and invoices and do your branding and your email marketing and your one-off email communications and your CRM. So really just, it's like a business in a box. It's everything you need in one place is a really simple solution. And it's, you know, the, the other thing is we've we've made a really strong commitment to keep it cost affordable.
0: Yeah, well, so one of the things that I love about Uncommon Good is how comprehensive it is. We we, we talked about that, and I mean, you just kind of outlined that, that was a lot of tasks and a lot of priorities that <laughs> Uncommon Good can can manage, and that's super impressive. I mean, at startup hustle. We love one of the reasons that we loved Uncommon Good so much was that you're making it easier and more efficient for businesses. To do business. And one one of the things that I love, love, love about Uncommon Good is the fact that as a small business owner myself and and I know that many of the small business owners out there are going to this is going to resonate with them but one of the big struggles that I have is, is in my day to day is that a lot of the systems we use so many different systems over the course mm-hmm. of the day to manage a business and some of us are managing over spreadsheets and some of us are you know using the accounting softwares and the event management softwares and the donation softwares and all, you know can like all of these tools none of them talk to each other. (laughs) And, and that's super, super frustrating because you have to, you know, you you have to copy and paste information all over the place and you have to manually update numbers and you have to. And so one of the things that I love most about uncommon good is that you're creating this centralized hub from Mm -hmm. which to not just complete and execute on tasks and work, but also manage the data side of it, like capture your metrics, make you know, comprehensively look at your numbers. And, and that, that's really powerful. Um, you know, I know that i per- I spend a lot of time chasing down different tools and figuring out how to make it work. And I, so first of all, kudos, thank you for that.
1: Thank you. But,
0: but secondly, I'm really curious, you know, how did your small business, business experience, how did that inform the tool that you were putting together?
1: You know, I think hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Yeah. I, I think I almost did it subconsciously, um, to be perfectly honest. And I, and I know that's sort of a silly answer, but I don't but think I, <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I think when, cause especially cause I originally, you know, we originally designed this for nonprofits, but I was like, oh, well they need to do this. Like I, I kind of just started putting a list of all the things that I had been doing when I had a small business, right? Yeah. You know, I, Dealing with billing customers, billing clients, making sure that they're up to date with everything, you know, marketing, sending emails out, changing schedules, um, you know, adjusting timelines, dealing with, you know, social media, which, you know, I'm a bit disastrous with (laughs) So all the things you like doing and the things you don't. And you just start to think like, okay, well, in order to operate a business efficiently and successfully, you've got to do all these things. So, you know, it really was just kind of, you know, born from experience. Um, and then I just found myself in this really fortunate position where I was able to build this tool that would have loved to have had myself when I was running the Pilates. Right. right? I mean, it's sort of like a kid on Christmas. You get to be like, wow, I get to make my perfect toy.
0: Yeah. Well, I love it. Yeah. You get to make your perfect toy and then you get to open it up and take it out of the
1: shiny wrappy
0: paper, you know? like Yeah. Uh, well, so, so that's incredible. Talk to us about the, the market validation process. I'm really curious about this because you know, you're pulling on your own experience. You're mm-hmm. pulling on the experience of entrepreneurs and nonprofits and organizations that you have worked with historically. But as you were building the tool, what kind of customer feedback were you looking for? What kind of customer feedback did you get? How did, and how did you make that happen?
1: You know, I think that we've been really strategic about that and very intentional, um, which I'm happy about. One of the yeah. things that we've done that I think has made us be able to really move forward in a positive way is that my entire team is in-house. I don't outsource development. So I have, a you know, all of my developers are full-time, full employees, and my entire team is very close, um, so we have daily standups. Everyone speaks with each other, so the the sales team and the developers and the UX and UI and marketing team all communicate directly. So yeah. there's no lost in translation moments. And what's great about that, though, is that when we go out and you know we we talk to people and we sign up customers, we're very very upfront about it that we want to never lose the human element behind yeah. the software right? We always want to be talking to our customers. We want to hear what they have to say, what they like, what they don't like, Um, you know, what they want that's not there. And, you know, we're never going to be everything to everyone, but if we can hit 90% of someone's pain points, I think we're doing a really good job. Um, And so I'd say we, you know, I still, I spend a ton of time on demo calls still, right? Like, yeah, I love getting on with people and I love hearing oh, I wish I could do this, I love that I can do that. And it's like, great, you know what, let me grab a developer and let's, you know, have you talk to him to see where that can go. And while I can't promise it tomorrow, I promise we're listening and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna put that in the roadmap. And so I think just keeping those constant connections between all those different points. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's really powerful, I think, for customers, just feeling as though they have a voice, feeling as though they have agency around a product that they're using or a service that they're utilizing. Um, so, so that's really cool. How did you, like you said that you sit on on demo calls, did you do surveys? Did you do focus groups? You know, it, talk. All right. So, so you're, you have the ideas kind of sketched out, you're, you're wireframing, you're bringing your MVP to fruition. Mm-hmm. Talk about the, the feedback. You know, once you had started introducing the tool and you were still in that kind of discovery mode and iteration mode, mm-hmm. what were you hearing then at that point?
1: You know again, I think because we started with nonprofits and we worked really tightly with a, a small group of nonprofits, um you know, so we'd sort of roll out one tool at a time, yeah, and got feedback and are still getting feedback, and we'll always get feedback. And then we were hearing from the consultants that were coming on looking for software for the nonprofits that they consult for. And they're saying, "Oh, wow. Well, I wish I could use this, but do you have proposals in there, or do you have memberships or ticketing in there, right?" So then you're like, "Oh, interesting." You know, so we started to just keep a running list of all of the different things that were getting requested. Yeah. Um, and then started to we did, you know, we did a lot of kind of market research too, where we played on all the other tools that are out there, all the other, you know, whether you want to call them competitors or whatever, you know, we we clearly signed up for them and you know went through them and you know, internally decided what we liked, what we didn't like. Um, but again, you know, I think we, we, we basically really started small. Um, we started and kept a very tight group of people that we communicated with. We do surveys. That is something that admittedly we probably need to step up our game with and do a bit more of. Um, so I know that's something that we do have in the works. Um, you know, we've, we've partnered with a lot of different groups, you know, even like innovate her kc and you know we've partnered with some other groups where they're going to you know they're starting to use the software and we get on calls with them you know almost weekly at this point as they're using it to say you know what do you like what don't you like you know what what's really important to you and what's just like kind of like that would be a fun bells and whistles bonus right um, Right. And what, you know, and we, we share the roadmap. We're really open with that. We want people to know what's in the pipeline. And we want to know, like, if you were to prioritize this, which one would you want first? Yeah. Um, and again, we can, we can pivot really easily because again, I have an internal development team. Yeah. And don't outsource to an agency. So it just makes, it makes it that much tighter with communication.
0: Right. Well, so, so I can certainly appreciate that now one of the things that i'm i'm curious about or i guess one of the things that i'm aware of that i'd like to explore a little bit so we because we talked a little bit about this when we were in person and i think one of the things that impressed me about not just uncommon good as an organization but you as a founder in particular is that heart piece you know you're definitely a company with a conscience and try to be (laughs) Yeah, and well, and and those are some of my favorites, but like, I know that you prioritize, you know, connecting with community organizations that are making Mm -hmm. an impact, Um, you know, of course, I'm like, innovators won, yay. Uh, But also, like, I've seen you partner with other organizations that are doing really good, like a lot of good in their communities. And it's been really kind of fun to watch from the the 10,000 foot view or from the outside looking in. But um, you know, one of the things that you you talked about was the fact that uncommon good is kind of it's an equalizer as a product, and so I talk to us a little bit about that. You know, for, first thing I I just kind of like to hear about your your attitude around it, but then we can talk about it a little bit more tactically.
1: Yeah, of I think just from, I mean, look, I'm definitely an emotionally driven person. I feel everything, right? Like, I mean, yeah. every statement, i it's like, I feel like we should do this. I'm not one of those people that says, oh, I think we should do this, right? I'm like, I feel like it should go this way. Yeah. Um, right. So I think, you know, I try, I try to be cognizant of my environment and I try to be aware of, it's probably going to go on a little bit of a tangent, so I apologize, but I, I live in an area where people are are very privileged, and I see what that can do in terms of how much easier it is to get ahead. Right when yeah. you, not just from a monetary standpoint, but from an access standpoint, from people that you cross paths with, you know, the path, like people you cross paths with, to you know, just different opportunities when you when you're in certain areas. Like it just is. It's you know, and it it's one of those things where you can see wow, that makes such a big difference. And what if, like, what if all the people that don't have that same advantage could have some of the resources to at least try to level the playing field, right? To at least try and make it so that we can all start a little bit more even on that starting line. Yeah. Um, And I think there's been such a, a transition to freelance work and people not wanting to be working corporate jobs and people wanting more free, right? There's now that we can do that, now that people see, oh, that's an option, and we can have that freedom within our lives to to build a life however we want, whether it is a nine to five job or it's a more you know independently structured situation. But sometimes the resources aren't always available. Yeah. Um. Right. And and sometimes the educational components aren't always available. And I wanted to build something that was going to be able to give them a lot of what they need to run a business. Right. Without you know, having to spend a ton of money or having to- Yeah, like
0: I definitely know platforms and I, from what I, the ones that I'm thinking of at least, like they're not as comprehensive as Uncommon Good, but they're also wildly more expensive. And so so that's definitely one way in which you reduce barriers. Like you've got a super affordable cost. What's, What's the, what's a monthly subscription for Uncommon Good? $30 a month. $30 $30 a month. That is, that is very accessible to many, 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 many people. It sh- and it um, should be
1: accessible to everyone. Like it yeah. should, right? And it, and it well, shouldn't cut down on your bottom line because people should have a nice quality of life and it shouldn't have to be yeah. that your business expenses are, you know, yep, getting sure. you.
0: Well, so, and, and so I just want to kind of highlight a couple other things. So, so in addition to having a low monthly cost, mm-hmm. Um, you know one of the things that we need to be aware of is that often when we are pulling all of these different tools together, um, you're you're paying a lot of different monthly costs, you know, like we pay for our accounting software on a monthly basis. we pay for our graphic design software, like we pay for we pay for all the things. And oh, you know, I, I believe I think Common Good actually—you all
1: take a much li- smaller percentage. We don't take a percentage. You don't, don't take a percentage. We don't. Okay, take, you we have a marketplace. Okay. We have a marketplace. You can sell your services. We don't take a percentage. Yeah. I don't believe in that.
0: Yeah. So so you're you're not only offering a lot of products for one cost, but you are deeply reducing the costs that people have to put out there. Um, in a lot of different ways and so so you're creating that democratized access which we love around innovate her case C um, so that's that's really cool and I just want to kind of tip my hat to you I know that it must have been a really difficult thing and it, a really really hard job to bring this to fruition and continually. <laughs> iterate and update but i mean it's yeah. aged me <laughs> yeah i'm sure like I, you, you kind of you look at your hairline and you're just like all right <laughs> there are
1: 10 white fuckers right there yeah, I'm like 99 percent. are you and kidding that my fair like my... night you yeah. know like
0: you know exactly what's yeah. happening with entrepreneurship you know exactly where all the things <laughs> are coming from
1: i wake up with like new wrinkles every day. I'm like oh, exactly <laughs>
0: Well, if you want to reduce the gray hairs and wrinkles or at least slow the rates, uh, one of the things that you can do is you can get really, really good help like almond Common, Common Good or like FullScale. If you need to hire software engineers, testers or leaders, FullScale can help. They have the people and the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit FullScale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions and then let the platform match you up with fully vetted, highly experienced software engineers, testers and leaders. At FullScale, they specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more when you visit FullScale.io. All right, friends, we are here today with Carolyn Dis- Driscoll, blah, CEO and founder of Uncommon Good, and we're talking, we were, before the jump, we were talking about, equity in tools, really, like you're creating a tool that establishes equitable access to information, opportunity, uh, skill, like upskilling. It's, it's really,
1: it's cool what you're building. And Thank I'd be you.
0: interested to hear what are, what are you building to? What is the dream for Uncommon Good?
1: You know, we'd love to be the, the platform that provides, Everyone that wants to have their own business, their own journey, sort of the tools that they, they need to do so successfully, right? And success is obviously defined differently by different people. It does not mean you need to go make a ton of money, but just yeah. You know, for me, it's freedom, right? For me, it's completely just freedom and yeah. freedom to spend my time where I want, how I want, and when I want to, And I want people to be able to have software that's going to give them time back in their day, that's going to be able to allow them to go pursue their passions and their business without that continuous stress of like, oh, I've got to go back and do all the accounting and I've got to go do all the social media, right? I mean, by reducing the amount of time that you have to do it, you get your life back in many ways, right? Especially as like a solopreneur where we're, you know, a small business owner, where your life becomes your business in many ways. Um, So rebalancing that and giving a little breathing room and allowing people to scale, um, you know, as well as, as anyone can. Right. Right. Well, so, so you're giving the, you're giving,
0: you're giving a few gifts with uncommon good. You're giving (laughs) entrepreneurs the gift of time. You're giving them the gift of extra money in their pocket. You're getting, giving them the gift of efficiency, all things that we love and all things that, uh, particularly, like the emerging and the newer, but definitely uh, things that all entrepreneurs, founders, small business owners need. Um, so, so Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Signed, Uncommon Good. Uh. <laughs> Alexa. Yeah. Well, so I, I, one of the things that I, I'd be interested to hear about from you, you know, you've been in the tech space for a while. You've worked with a lot yeah. of tech companies, and now you helm a tech company. Talk to us about the the landscape that you see and what you see coming down the pipeline and technology around. Maybe, you know, do you have competitors? Do you see exciting things happening in the space? Are there things that we should be looking out for?
1: You know, I think it's, it's definitely a popular space. We're starting to see that just based off of, you know, whether it's outreach from VCs that we're getting. There's definitely interest within this sort of Freelance productivity software space. Um, yeah. Because, again, I think there's been, obviously, since COVID, such a, a pivot to people working independently, right? I think it's, you know, the industry's growing at something like 18% per year, yeah, uh, which is massive. And again, I think people want their life back, which I don't disagree with. Um, yeah. But beyond that, from a tech perspective, obviously, I don't think we can ignore the elephant in the room, which is AI. Because right, right. <laughs>
0: A, <laughs> we, we've we've had many, many 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 conversations about AI around
1: sure. <laughs> the <Thank> You me. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, can anyone talk about anything else? Right. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to see it pan out. I think. I think there's going to be some amazing things that come out of it, and I think there's also going to be some, you know, things we're all going to probably have a giggle at. Yeah, at some point. Um,
0: I I mean, I it's one of those things where like I I feel as though like it, it's it feels like we're on the cusp of an opportunity in a lot of ways, but we're we're also just in a time of great shift and change, and I think we all know as 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 in theory, a right
1: because it could go either way. It could go to yeah. like a really dangerous place or a really good place. Like it right. can
0: to- And 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 I don't know that I really trust. Like I don't know humanity. Y'all are going to have to do, show me something. Show yeah. me that you can steward and handle things responsibly because thus far we're not, we don't have the best track record. You we know. have the worst track
1: record. Are you I, kidding? We, sh- we don't, you, I was trying to put a positive spin on it. Sorry. I know my bluntness comes out every night. <laughs> I don't want, want
0: to be like, doom.
1: But you know what? I saw this video today and it was so beautiful. And it was a video on AI and it was this new AI art installation and your shadow becomes part of the story interesting so they had these children in this room and then their shadows became alive yeah and so they could interact and they'd had this whole like sort of fantasy imagination interaction with their you know the beds and the nightstands and their shadow and everything was moving and It was so beautiful, right? Because it was like, that's such an incredible, like, innocence for these children to have, like, we used to have all these imaginary things as a child, right? And it's like, it becomes real. And so I think from art, you know, there's, it it can be a beautiful thing. But at the same time, it also can be terrifying because- We just have to,
0: we have to, all right, world, let us-
1: let us helm
0: this this time of change responsibly let us be good stewards of fast changing technology speaking of fast changing i just want to i want to register my disapproval with the the universe so i'm putting on my karen hat right now here it comes i'm so irritated because i so like i use chat gpt and apparently daily
1: don't worry I use apparently, it apparently
0: that is like people are like okay grandma like get get out of here grandma go drive in the slow lane and I'm like I know you know I disagree it though just because about like you know months ago and
1: Kaylee, come on give me a break yeah so, but see, this oh, is oh, where I, I think you break. should come back with is that like actually a lot of these AI tools are leveraging chat GPT they're just like building it into these other things was kind of more niche more
0: special yeah but it's still yeah. sort of
1: like underpinning a lot of what people are doing and so that, right it's like yeah.
0: i just i'm like there's one more thing to keep up with you know i'm still on facebook which is for the olds and that is that's been a, right. that's true for it'll a while.
1: become trendy again in a few years for like 12 just, year olds
0: can we can i stop becoming obsolete can the shit that i use and the things that i like stop becoming obsolete because it makes me feel old knock that shit off universe let's just calm, yeah. calm down it's all good
1: it is a little scary if ChatGPT is our chat oh, is already like out of vogue and it's it's like literally two months quickly
0: and and so i saw a, a speaker a while back and he was actually talking about autonomy um mutually autonomous robot robotics which was interesting but robotics
1: was, is fascinating oh right
0: it's now. super it's super fascinating but but his, his, his one of the points and he he was very much like he's like we're all gonna die but uh his point, i mean, <laughs> yeah well i mean that is true that is accurate but he was there was an implication of like some kind of apocalyptic situation happening because our understanding our our ability to adapt and change technology to to develop technology is currently outstripping our ability to understand our own technology around it the morality of it the underpinnings of it the implications like we're we're creating technology more quickly than we can comprehend
1: yeah well what was that computer that was just released where was i can i'm gonna have to look it up and i'll send it to you but it can it can compute like 42 million times faster than like a computer they had like three years ago or something. Right. I mean, it's insane. And it can like solve all these medical crazy mysteries, Right. And you're just like, okay, so it's no human, all the brains in the world can't.
0: Yeah. Well, and and I, I feel as though that's where a lot of the, the fear comes from like this unknowing, like, you know, how people can't, uh, uh, cannot comprehend the size of space.
1: You know, because okay. it,
0: it's in inco- it's like okay, it's infinite, well done, right? right? Like, like there's that's no. Kinda, any- that's kind of AI to me, <laughs> right now. Well,
1: I don't I disagree. Think- it's a little scary, right? Or what was yeah. the New York Times article where the the reporter spent like eight hours on ChatGPT? And yeah. like chat GPT started to say, you need to leave your wife and like be with me. And I think you're in love with me. And so, I mean, it's, it's that's right.
0: That's, that's another scary thing. And that's where like that societal trust piece comes in. Because <laughs> it's like AI, you know, we, machine learn. like you, you initially like, we, it is a tool that is only as good as the information that is fed into it. And, <laughs> and so, and that's really scary too. Yeah, but we know there's yeah, a that, lot that, of bad information out there, right? I mean, so there's I a lot of. It was made I cannot remember who it was. And even if it was, I might not even name the company because I think it's a scary company. Uh, but <laughs> there was a company that released their own uh, AI chat bot and it spent enough time online that it's, yeah, it started like sending hate messages and it, it like saying really, really negative mm-hmm. things. And I'm like, that's, that's horrifying.
1: <laughs> it's really terrifying.
0: Yeah. Well, so at any rate. That was kind of a fun little tangent. It didn't really have anything at all. Well, I so so we got there from the future landscape, and it, let's go, let's go ahead. Let's stick a pin. Let's say that AI is something that we are going to have to contend with, uh, and in particular, uncommon good is going to have to contend with and think about as competitors come to crowd a space. I mean, we've already incorporated AI into our software. We'll talk about that. What are, yeah, what you doing? So, have you been? Are the, are the machines going to get smart? Are Honestly, they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are going to take they're over. Just, they're they're just gonna... All right, go yeah. ahead. Talk to, no, no, about, but, talk
1: to us about the AI. <laughs> and I do, like, I think there's value to AI. I just think that we shouldn't overvalue it, right? I think that you're never going to replace... You know human creativity and things like that but yeah we, we've got a, a a big component for email marketing built in and we've got you know all sorts of email templates and creative and things sure. like that because one of the best forms of marketing is email and you know small businesses and solopreneurs should be using you know email newsletters whatever um but they can be hard to start and hard to write and sometimes nope. a little paralyzing <laughs> as we all know So we our email tool has actually got um, AI built into it for both the design, the graphic, and the text. So if you're like, I want it to be like warm and friendly, or I want you know, you write your you know paragraph and then be like, can you make this friendlier? It can do that for you. Yeah. Um, And I think just trying to find the balancing act between where AI is beneficial and where it's just taken it just that one step too far. Yeah. Um, and again, like I admittedly, I use ChatGPT all the time. You can tell, like you can absolutely tell when ChatGPT writes something for you. True.
0: Oh yeah. like. Well, okay. So here's something that I have noticed. So like sometimes, so typically what I do is I use, like if I ask ChatGPT to write something for me, I, I ask that, I, I ask it to write it, but then I make a whole ton of changes oh, to it yeah. because I want to put it back into my tone and my voice. Like I'm just kind of looking for the, the guardrails to operate It sort of just jumpstarts you if you're having like a little yeah, bit of like failure like like to start but very very and in fact i think never actually never has my chat gpt blurb or whatever it is gone straight onto wherever like whatever distribution channel like i've always made massive amounts of change to it so yeah. it's unrecognizable and that's to your point like that's because it you know, it doesn't sound like me. It does sound kind of formal and weird. I periodically, I'm just, I just test it sometimes. I, I used to try to make it, I would say, give me a short blurb or a short, like I would say short. I would always say short or, you know, concise you know that was another thing that I tried like I was trying different like different terms to feed into it because for whatever reason like this thing is more wordy than me and that's saying keeps a lot going good. that thing can, keeps going and I'm like man I said short this yeah. is like a novel that you have well, just you're I got
1: to the point where I said make it 200 words
0: Nice. Okay. I'm going to have to try that as well. I give it
1: like a word I mean, right, of
0: mouth. You're just, you're a little bit too extra AI. <laughs> I'm going to need you to dial it back. <laughs> you can't get it. <laughs> yeah, it's you're generating. You're generating. You want to be like, stop <laughs> generating. But you don't want it to stop because you're like, I need all the points though. Right? So, so yeah, like I... I I, th- I think, I, th- I feel like you and I are in very similar places. Like we just, yeah. like, really have to watch yeah. carefully. There are some really interesting possibilities. There are also some really, uh, some really significant threats. And, and yeah, yeah. And there. I think
1: we're just going to have to always, you know, checks and balances. We're going to yeah. just always constantly, you know, keep it in line. And again, that's why I said, you know, we've got it built into some of our tools, but it's not meant to replace what you yourself can do. It's meant right. to enhance and Exactly. Assist, not replace.
0: Yeah, well, so so I love that, and I guess one of so one of the things like we talked about how you you have served tech founders and things like that. One of the things that I would be interested to hear about, um, you know, for our listeners, first things first, we definitely you know want to give a heavy vouch to Uncommon Good. I've actually seen the tool; the user interface is super cool. Um, Thank you. But yeah. definitely check it out. We should have a link in the show notes. So that's that's our first best practice. You know, check out Uncommon Good if you want Thank to have you. a one stop shop to manage your business affordably. We love it. Uh, but then what are some other things that entrepreneurs can do? How can they use tech to make their experience more uh, equitable, more accessible, you know, just kind of lighten the load and, and make the journey easier? How can tech help our founders do that? Um, I like it's a big question. Um, it is a big question. I love
1: asking deliberately open-ended. No, no. no.
0: Questions. If only to see your face when I ask it, because your eyes just kind of got big. But I know
1: I'm not. I'm not a great poker player. You're gonna. You're gonna do great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know I think that it's got to be easy, right? It's yeah. got to be simple to use, and I think that's also one of the things. I think tech can get overly complicated. Yeah. Um. But I think the other thing too is. We live in, you know, before technology, like before the internet, right? Yeah. We lived in our communities, which was wonderful. And in many ways that was great, but it was, it could be a little bit limiting. Now with technology, people have access, even if they're, you know, a solopreneur, they have access to a big community well outside of themselves because of technology. Sure. I mean, you can go on LinkedIn, you can go on all your social channels and build a following and build a community. And find resources and find people to help you on your own journey. And without technology, that would never happen, right? I mean, your yeah. your I mean, community so is you're the world. We
0: acquire here because that's what innovate her is all about, yeah. and we absolutely employ technology to create community. I right. mean, people I think that's probably one of the best about, things. Yeah, people have to talk about the inhumanity of tech, but I'm just like, hey, you know, the thing that I have found is that tech, technology has great potential to bring us closer together.
1: It's how we choose to use it, right? Tech can be inhumane if we choose to use it inhumanely. Right. And It can exactly. be the complete equalizer and, you know, complete drive for humanity and community if we choose to use it that way also. Yeah. Well, I, that we, we
0: went a little heavier than <laughs> I thought we were going to at the beginning of this session. But, you know, we definitely went in some, some good direction, uh, you know, had some interesting chat. But now, my friend, we have we have come upon time for the human question. Is I like awesome. it. Are you ready? I am. Out of the four seasons, what's your favorite one? Easily summer. Get um. out of here. All right. Why? <laughs> You're actually-
1: <laughs> I think my answer will surprise you. Um, yes. I live in New England now, which is where my family's from, but I actually did not grow up here. I grew up in Saudi Arabia. Okay. So I grew up in a very hot climate and I love the heat. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I am a water baby. I'm definitely. I can, I,
0: I can totally see that.
1: Although you, do you ski for some reason? you I, like I, a, I do ski. ski. I do ski and I, I do I don't sand. know
0: why, <laughs> but I've had, I ha, I've had that impression. Like I'm just picturing <laughs> me like, shoot, shoot, shoot down a mountain top.
1: Uh, I do. I mean, yeah. I love anything with water and snow is frozen water, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, I'm. Absolute water baby. But I, you there's no such thing as too hot.
0: I'm So like, I would not have guessed that I lived in Saudi Arabia once upon <laughs> a time was going to be your answer. But inter- like very interesting that it that it was. You were right. I did not expect that. <laughs> uh but I can see that. Now my my registers of, of disapproval over here, like fuck your summer, it fall <laughs> or bust, baby. I want fall. Oh, no, I want my leather jacket. Like
1: yeah, yeah, I agree. fall is beautiful. And you live somewhere with a beautiful fall. I New England is gorgeous in the fall as well. No, and so I mean, yes, it's beautiful, but it leads to winter. And I'm such just like I love that's light. True. I, well, love, I love day, like I love sunlight. Like I love light. And I don't do well with like the dark, short days.
0: See, like I, I love, I love winter too. Like all right, all right, for those of you who don't know what I look like, I am extraordinarily pale. <laughs> My people people were not built for summer and heat, and Kansas City is slowly becoming a hellscape every summer. Thank you, climate change. Uh, so, So summer's just not my jam. I'd take winter any day, bring it on. But so well, so thank you for that, you little summer baby. I'm gonna be thinking of you every time I go out into the heat and humidity and I'm just like, fuck this. I'll be thinking of you, Carolyn. Are you excited? Please. <laughs>
1: yes, please. I'm like the one that turns the heat on when it's like seventy degrees out. Oh my gosh.
0: You and I, I don't know
1: that we could travel together. We would have probably well, a- need separate rooms for sure. Yeah, no, oh, I'm yeah, yeah. like, is be- off <laughs> immediately. <laughs>
0: Well, all right. Well, let's, you know, one of these days we're going to have to try it. And Carolyn, one of these days we're going to have to have to have you back on the Start a Puzzle podcast to hear more about your journey. But until then, I'm very excited to see what happens with Uncommon
1: Good. Thanks for taking the time to fill us in. Such a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course, of course. And my friends, of co- I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale. Finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the Fullscale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. Uh, definitely check out the show notes as well. You can look into Full Scale. You can check out Uncommon Good. I believe you can check out Innovate Her KC. I think that our producers popped that in there, but learn more about Startup Hustle. And one of the things that I always want to ask our listeners to do is let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you want to hear about. You can go to X Y Z. Check the show notes as well uh but you know check out startup go to our facebook page we have a startup hustle chat on facebook as well we've got linkedin presence instagram all of the places find us support us subscribe like share but let us know if you have any guests you want us to interview. Talk to us about the topics that you want to hear about. We do this for the entrepreneurs and founders out there. We don't want you to, to have to worry about making our fuck ups. So we find founders to share and we share our own stories. We're trying to save you. So help us help you friends, but definitely keep on coming back. We are extremely grateful that you listen to us week after week and we will catch you next time.